0: Fresh off the IR, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Josh Santos on tech, and Sammy McKee, still fresh off his RBC Open victory. <laughs> yes, he, he did end up sharing that trophy with Rory. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, yeah,
0: yeah. All, all I know is you had more FaceTime this weekend than you ever have on real kipper and born
1: oh yeah like i i mean we talked about it a little bit yesterday but i have never gotten so many messages like there's still people are still texting me about it so it was pretty crazy yeah i was on there a lot i went there Maybe, a lot Where
0: where's the, de, the demand for a sami cam right now all-time I mean, all high, high.
2: It's high. I don't know what Sportsnet's plans are for the the Real Kipper and Bourne show next season, but it almost certainly has to include some version of a Sam Cam. they been—I'm sure—they're installing new cameras in the studio as we as we speak here.
0: Well, in the meantime, we get to do an abbreviated uh, show, a uh, morning show, in our brand new slot for the rest of the season, 9 a.m. Eastern. We're glad everybody's on board. Uh, hopefully, subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify as we watched the Lightning punch their ticket to the third straight Stanley Cup final. I know you guys, uh, alongside Gunner, yesterday, talked uh, at great length at, uh, at it. Uh, uh, but we'll wrap it up a little bit here uh, and get my thoughts as well uh, mm-hmm. before we move on to the rest of the show, which I think should have a good goaltending flair because the name John Gibson seems to be out there a lot more uh, Jack Campbell situation in Toronto uh, gets ever more intriguing as it's incredibly quiet, guys. Yeah. And um, I'll throw a new name in the wrinkle: Bobrovsky in Florida.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: So we've hmm. got some good conversations going. But uh, where where do you want to start first?
2: Well, first, I think we got to get your take on how rangers lightning ended or if not that what you think about uh going forward to the finals maybe maybe just a closing thought on lightning rangers from you and, and yeah. the stanley cup final
0: yeah it ended the way it should have with yeah a deeper team in tampa bay and one that can beat you every which way
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh still baffled by the struggles of the new york rangers five on five
2: I mean, it's it's the same story of every team that plays this Lightning team. It's scoring as hard. Anthony Sorelli is unbelievable. It's shutting guys down. In like 258 minutes of ice time for Sorelli in the playoffs, there have been six total goals scored. Either direction. Like no one scores when he's on the ice. He doesn't score. The other Say team that doesn't again. score. In 258 minutes of ice time for Cirelli, yeah, six goals have been scored. Either way. Yeah. Either way. So that's how many that's real hockey stickening. games? I don't know what the math is on that. Four and a half hockey games? It's crazy.
0: It is crazy. And you know, the one the one thought about the New York Rangers, and we had this discussion, guys, on 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 our show, was that the New York Rangers had not been up against a legitimate number one goalie until the conference final. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you've got a sure-fire number one goaltender in Shosturkin, and how much does that cover up other issues that the Rangers have had, not only five-on-five uh, on five in the playoffs, but obviously throughout the regular season with their uh, quality scoring chances that they give up on a nightly basis. And they didn't see... A real goalie, uh, a number one type of goalie, uh, until they got to Vasilevsky. And it changed everything. For sure. You get to the first two rounds, and uh, Pittsburgh loses their goalie. And, you know, you're up against Carolina, and you got Ranta, who's got this terrible reputation for being a terrific backup, but can't handle the heat as a number one guy and tends to get it hurt and disappear. And that's exactly what happened.
2: Yeah. Tough bounce there. I mean, for the uh, the Rangers, it's been fortunate bounces, right? So, yeah, you run into the most durable goaltender of our time. All this guy does is play. He's the defending Conn Smythe winner. We know that he can handle these big moments, which, you know, that, that to me... um you know, speaks a lot about the series going forward. One thing that came out yesterday, Kipper, Gerard Gallant and the Rangers had their closing um, exit interviews, I guess, and me- media interviews. And Gallant was asked about Caco Capo, Capo Caco. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah. laughs> spin, that spin that around. <laughs> yeah, um, and his decision to healthy scratch him for Game Six in favor of Dryden Hunt, who played ten rather ineffective minutes in Game Six, and he said his reasoning was. He's trying to win a hockey game. I don't know. Not that complicated. Didn't think Kako had been good. Wanted to try something different. And Rangers fans are up in arms about that decision. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I was really uh, surprised on how Gerard handled that. And we do understand Gerard Gallant uh, as an old-time type of guy, which is he's a hands-off guy. He thinks the players should manage themselves for the most part. He'll come in when he needs to come in. Uh, but here we are in 2022, and you know it wasn't too long ago that you, you treated them mean to keep them keen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't do that today. You cannot just have zero communications with a second overall pick. Who has not been a healthy scratch all year? Walk in and just not see his name on the lineup board,
2: and that's the key part for me. He he said that you know, like when they asked what he told Kako, he was you know didn't tell him anything. And it's like, remember Daryl Sutter talking about what he asked Markstrom when he pulled him? He said, "Marky, you're out." (laughs) You know, like I don't need to tell him anything. That Markstrom is a veteran guy. Kako probably deserved some explanation there
0: they they all want it now they want the feedback so in today's era there probably should have been a couple of discussions where kako gets pulled in looks at some video this is what we like this is what we don't like and uh i'm not sure on the lineup coming up uh but we may make some changes doesn't mean that uh you know, we're bailing on you. doesn't mean we don't believe in you. We're just trying to right. win a hockey game here. Get to a Stanley Cup final, which you're going to be a big part of. And the the part that hurts him the most is there. there's an argument to say that he was on the best line.
2: Oh, that kid line was dominant, I mean, for stretches the, the, of the series. The
0: best line for the New York Rangers. Yeah. And how do you go from being on the best line for the New York Rangers to a surprise... Scratch. And I may legitimately
2: where... right on this because I don't know. I would love to know the yeah. answer.
0: And 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 you know, again, I'm, I am a big Gerard Gallant fan. I really am. Yeah. I, I I love him for so many reasons. But when now you're dealing with the New York media, and they're they're asked for a reason why he was a healthy scratch, and you don't give them one, now you run the risk of speculation yeah you run the risk of uh was it uh discipline reasons was he drunk last night well that was that did come to this? my mind was i was like i wonder that? what he
2: did is what i thought first thing what yeah. did
0: he do why would he have to make such a strong point right now for a guy who's never been out of the lineup or a healthy scratch and never uh, and has been on one of the hottest lines for your hockey club if not uh, around the league. And that yeah. is that's not a good thing in New York City. It's not a good thing anywhere, but especially in New York City when when the vultures are out looking for for reasons.
2: Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it definitely was not well handled in that regard. I think, you know, if Gallant genuinely just didn't think he had played very well and wanted to put someone else in, you, you show Kako and say, here's why you're out for tonight, we'll get you back in. You know, once we think of a little different body, you say to the media, we don't think he's been very good, but we think he's got more to give, so we're going to let him sit one out. Bob's your uncle, and it's you're not on the Real Kipper and Bourne show.
0: exactly we also got uh, what in about 15 minutes EJ Raddick is going to join us uh, from the NHL Network host of NHL now Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Stanley Cup final Colorado's goaltending how's it going to hold up against Vasilevsky and uh, maybe some Stamco talk as well on his legacy continuing to grow but in the meantime we did kind of tee it up at the beginning of the show uh, talk around the league is uh not only uh head coaches uh but goaltenders and uh we'll get into the goaltenders first and then we'll save the 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 coaching talk uh maybe later on in the show because i put out a tweet last night that got i think edmonton fans kind of riled up a little bit hey sammy
1: I didn't even see your tweet. I was out uh, drowning my, uh, you know, I was out there having a few pints of the alley for our anniversary. So I didn't really see your tweet, but uh, yeah. I'm looking at it now to see what you said, and yeah, I can understand why they would have got a little bit bent out of shape about that because that's right. a big deal because he was good. All right, Samuel, read
0: it later on in the show, and we'll have a discussion on uh, on Jay Woodcroft and what's happening there in Edmonton. But as far as the goaltending carousel. Uh, A lot of scuttlebutt on John Gibson. Yes. And what is going on with his situation in Anaheim and how it it may pertain to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, We had had a discussion about Gibson about two or three weeks ago on this show, but it just seems to have ramped up. What are your thoughts, uh, JB? Let's start with you first.
2: Well, I guess... You know, Any discussion about John Gibson starts with, do you think he's still elite? Still one of the better goalies in the league? Still one of the best goalies in the league? Because he's paid like one of the best goalies in the league. Presumably, if you traded for him, you'd be asking Anaheim to retain. And it, it, it comes down to, there aren't many great goalies in the, ga- in the game right now, right? Like, everyone's pretty good. You know, the guys who separated themselves are few and far between. Is Gibson good enough to pay A lot of assets for like are you sure you're getting a guy who's above the pack when it comes to NHL goaltending that's where it starts for me
0: well for me it would start with uh, his contract to be honest with you Uh, you cannot uh, that's a question that would probably be asked after you figure out a way to add 6.4 million for assuming it's not that though right five years well no you you start there and then you go into a negotiation right
2: right right
0: so um, that's a lot of money
2: oh that duration is awful through 2027 no thank you right we would We go ahead Sammy well I just like I understand the
1: decline numbers I understand all the sort of the issues against it but from my perspective, if you could maybe get them to eat a little bit of money on it or I just – the thing that terrifies me the most as a hockey fan and as a Leaf fan is goalie purgatory. You know, it's like that – say what you will about Freddie Anderson for those four or five years where he was really good here. He had his playoff struggles. He was just in the net. You had a guy that you were going to. He was just your goalie. You didn't really think about it. You On back-to-backs, you put Curtis McElhaney in there, whoever was the backup. I just – I understand that there's some flaws in his game, but I think having a guy that's just your goalie, there's so much value in that. And I really do think that the upside of John Gibson playing on a good team with uh, Stanley Cup aspirations or winning a first round aspirations, I really do think there's a chance that it would elevate his game. I I don't know. I just, it's just going into next year being like, ah, Morazic and maybe somebody else. It's like, if you just make this trade, you have your guy.
0: Hold on for a second, Sammy. There's no way anything happens between Anaheim and the Toronto Maple Leafs if Mrazek isn't going the other way. That is a must. So I Mm. cannot see, I cannot see Pat Verbeek holding any of the 6.4 million without Mrazek going back. That is your, that's your saw off. And so, that would yeah. mean that you go with John Gibson for the Toronto Maple Leafs next year at six point four, and you get your backup goalie um, at at seven fifty or a million dollars, and there's your there's your goaltending situation. You're in for seven.
2: I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't. Here's something I I feel with like elite goaltending, and you know, John Gibson was for a stretch of years on one of the worst teams, or not a very good Anaheim team. One of the best goalies in the league. He was actually the best goaltender in the league. I think you can make the case a couple seasons, uh, statistically. Uh, You know, guys like that don't just don't fall off the way that other goalies do unless there's injury involved unless they're really badly hurt and have a hip or whatever the case may be i still think of the way Carey price had that playoff run in him when his regular season statistics were bad all of a sudden there's playoffs there's motivation it's the leaf there's reason to put you know put the pedal down you know i'm more prone to think that a guy like gibson could have a couple of years stretch here where he's still a really good top end goaltender, you know? So yeah, you can talk me into it. if it's at, you know, $5 million and you're getting a backup at one or two, that's okay.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but Gibson's younger than Jack Campbell. Is that right? Yes. No, you're right. He's 28, 28. So To your point, maybe he's just been a a good goalie on a very bad team the last few years.
1: Yeah, so he turns 29 this summer, I think. He Uh, does. um, Sorry, Gibson. Or – This is just something – this is a priority to me, and if he is available, and Kyle do like, I'm kicking down the door if I'm I I just – like I said about goalie pur- purgatory, this is what this is what uh, Lou did when he got to the league. He traded for Anderson, right? He just got the goalie, and he had a goalie the entire time. I just I hate the goalie purgatory idea. That this is a guy that these guys don't come around very often. Could you picture him going toe to toe with Vasilevsky or Shesterkin in a in a playoff series? He's a guy that you can at least picture it. You know, he's a guy that you could at yeah. least picture stealing a game. He's a pedigree guy and they don't come around a whole lot. So I I just think this is a huge opportunity.
0: And just to weigh out uh, uh, the balance between maybe a Gibson or resigning Jack and if you did envision Mm -hmm. last year Campbell and Mrazek for the next two years that would have meant that Campbell would re-sign for around four, four, three, five, four to get to to that seven five number, seven eight number. Between your goals. Are you following yeah. me? I am, yep. Not not five, right? Five takes you over uh close to nine
2: with morality. Yeah.
0: So that's that's why we're not hearing any negotiations right now between Jack Campbell and the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's just it's just not a place that they want to go. It's essentially, and... you're
2: saying Jack and Mrazic are $9 million and Campbell is locked up until 2027 in this scenario or 2026, or you're looking at Gibson and Shahlgren or Gibson and Wall or Gibson and some other backup guy for a million or, or less uh, for seven and a half total Starter is still locked up until yeah. twenty twenty seven, just yeah. the same. And you have a bit yeah. more confidence in a guy with pedigree, who well, also maybe. Well, do you not?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. We're talking and you into this, eh, hundred
2: percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I love it.
0: And uh, you also have uh, a guy that legitimately can go fifty five, sixty starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
2: I also, I you know, going to whisper this part, but. I feel a little better about a guy who mentally might not have, not that Campbell has anything like clinical, but he has swings. He has emotional swings. And, uh, you know, I always admired Freddie Anderson's temperament. Uh, Nothing seemed to phase him for long stretches of time. You know, Campbell makes me nervous in that events get to him and he's more, that makes him more prone to the swings.
0: I, I will say this, JB. I, I really thought Campbell did a, a much better job at the end of the season handling his situation. Um, he did. He found than, it, than, than but he has so to then. find it because he lost the, the, it. The early Jack. I, I don't think. I don't think he lost it. I think he just developed it. I do think through the work, maybe uh, behind the scenes, either with what a okay. team shrink or yep. Curtis Joseph. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Curtis Joseph. Uh, you know made a few phone calls over the, the the back half of the season and and helped jack uh mm. especially with the, the the mental part of the game right and uh i i think i think it showed and i do believe that there will be significant interest in jack campbell come ufa there's For sure. too many it- teams that need goalies and he has shown that uh you know he may be uh, just peaking uh, at the at the right time. Now, what does that mean? Get him on a three-year deal, a four-year deal? I don't think Jack can get five or six anywhere. No, <clears throat> But, no, I but agree. he can hit a pretty good number for three or four years.
2: And let me just say, I still believe in Jack Campbell. I still think he's a starter in the NHL. I still think he's a good goaltender. You know, if they sign Jack, I think you can win with them. And But again, I, I there is some volatility that concerned me based on last season. If you can avoid that with another guy, that makes sense to me.
0: The only way Kyle right now, in my estimation, can avoid giving up minimum a second-round pick to get rid of Mrazic or a first-round pick is to flip him to Arizona or perhaps Anaheim and bring back John Gibson.
2: Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, there you go. If you take on a contract that's a little too rich for what you think the player is at that point, I think that's a pretty good way to do it. Pretty good yeah. bet. You're looking for a goalie. Yeah. I'm all I'm all in. I started the show all out. I'm, I'm all yeah. in.
0: Now, the it's one thing so, I yeah. did, just, just to finish up on Jack Campbell, I heard he did have a zero interest in coming to Toronto when it first started coming out the news. He has a 10-team, no trade list. I cannot confirm, but there is a suggestion that Toronto may be on it, and I don't know if it's just a tax thing or... For Gibson. um, Yeah, he's an American guy. I don't know what, but uh, that would be a scenario where Kyle would have to go, and um, I believe, and I'll convince John Gibson uh, that being a Toronto Maple Leaf is a great thing.
2: He's like, yeah, listen, we got McKay I have a sponsorship with Campbell's Soup, bud. You come here, you'll have Gibson yeah. guitars in your stall before you <laughs> show up. We'll, we will set you up, brother.
0: Here's one last thing to think about potentially when it
2: comes Pauls. to
0: uh, Jack <laughs> sure. Campbell and, um, and a potential John Gibson flip, or, you know, um, as far as the Toronto Maple Leafs are concerned, is they share the same agent Mm. Right.
2: That's a. That's interesting. How do you think so that affects things?
0: That's a little bit of a juggling act for Kyle Dubis. Is like you know we, we don't like your one client anymore, but we we like your other client.
2: I don't know though. I think you can spin that from a, a business perspective, like talking to the agent. Like, look, here's our scenario. Lay it out like you and I just laid it out to one another. It's not that we don't like Jack. It's you know we think we can do it cheaper. and How we can you say
0: we don't like Jack? We don't like Jack. We don't like Jack at four million. <laughs> we don't like him at four and a half. We really don't like him at five. We don't like him.
2: No, that's not it. You're saying we like him as much as the other guy. The problem is he's going to cost us more than the other guy because we got to keep Peter if we keep Jack. We don't like Peter. It's about Peter.
1: <laughs> there we go. Okay, I get your is point. It Kurt Over- is it Kurt Overhart that's yes. the the, the yeah. uh, agent for those guys? Or, yeah. or
0: known to general managers as Kurt Overcharge. Yes.
1: <laughs> Here
2: we go. Here we go.
1: I mean, I'm looking at some of the contracts that he's signed. I mean, that may not be wrong. Well, listen, he... He's, He's got, got that reputation
0: of uh, of a Donnie Meehan. They don't leave dollars left on the no. table, you know? And no. I, I'll be honest with you. That's that's the agent I want. Yeah. yeah.
1: Big time. Yeah.
2: You you want the entire league screaming up against the salary cap because you're doing an awesome job. Well, honestly, that's... He, he got Ryan
1: Johansson $64 yeah. million. So that was a pretty good uh, one.
0: Okay. Yeah. One more on the goaltending front. Florida... Is pushing Bobrovsky hard in terms of takers, who needs a goalie, and we are willing to hold cash back. And I'm told as much as 50%.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: Would you want Bobrovsky at $5 million? (laughs) I love it. Would Edmonton want Bobrovsky at $5 million? Would the Leafs want him? At no. $5 million. No.
2: No. See, I'm he... not sure about that.
0: I think buy... there'd be takers. No,
2: you don't. I really? think that's a good number. It's a great number. That's a number for Linus Ulmark. But the Just... problem is, actually, the contract's only till 2026. Just what the
1: Leafs need, you know? A, historically... a guy who can't get through a postseason no, round. A, An excellent regular season goalie who... Famously is horrible in the playoffs. That's That would be just perfect for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, get Bobrovsky in here. He fits the program perfectly.
2: <laughs> Kipper, you had me you had me 100% on Gibson. You cannot talk me into <laughs> <for Bobrovsky>. I, <laughs> well, I listen, I do think I, I,
1: might have fit with Edmonton. Maybe Edmonton. I, yeah. Edmonton might have got to be in on the Gibson thing too, but if he's got a no-move clause to Toronto, I'm sure Edmonton may be on that list as well. I,
0: Bobrovsky is a good goalie that may have to work on a few um you know mental strength uh, issues uh when it comes to the pressure of the playoffs but you know you, some some teams feel like they can they can work that out he's a talented guy
2: yeah yeah I, you know his recent results i gosh it was a good good year this year for him wasn't it yeah it's, it's interesting because uh, he's one of those guys that I had like changed my opinion on forever. Like, this guy is officially no good. He's overpaid. Now, this year he's a 9.13 save percentage guy in the league where 9.07 was league average, I think, this year. You know, he was pretty darn good for the, the president's champions. So, yeah, I don't
0: know. And so, th- they, they, Florida, the maybe, Fl- Florida may be floating out that they'd go as high as 50% and hope that uh, it doesn't, that they can hold back uh, less money. Uh, but, uh Ooh, he's thirty three they, boys they've got they've got uh cap issues as much as anyone out there in the league
2: now do they have cap issues or do, do they want to sp- keep spending to the cap is this a everything all right in Florida didn't I hear they were selling the team ownership issues
0: uh there yeah there's a lot of things going on there for sure they just fired their or they they walked I don't know one of the two Alf Samuelson. Derek McKenzie are no longer uh, behind the bench, so okay. there's a. It's some. Some have suggested to me that uh, Alf Samson left, uh, or he was fired. One of the two, but yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and let's keep in mind with Bobrovsky, Sammy, um, especially with Edmonton, that there would be, I think, no trade uh, clauses. I don't know yeah. where he would even have Edmonton. I would guess that would be a team maybe uh on on some list that he may have. So we gotta we gotta be uh careful of that too.
1: Well, I gotta ask this question and I don't mean to be mean to Edmonton, but what percentage of guys with no trade clauses have Edmonton and Toronto on yeah. them? Like, oh, it's Canadian like those teams. two teams. Is it all yeah.
2: Canadian teams or is it just yes. those
1: two specifically? Yeah.
2: All Canadian uh, teams are apparently on I, I, most. Yeah, trade I list.
0: would believe. I would believe the taxes would have the biggest. Uh, they'd have the biggest issues with the taxes.
2: More scrutiny, more taxes. You know, worse weather. What, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. Sell like, me on Winnipeg. Can I
1: please play in San Jose? You know, go to the rink <laughs> every day in flops, you know, just like not have anybody yeah. recognize you, just l- play in the NHL. I I, I get that. Or do Tampa
2: Bay and not pay California taxes. You know, yeah, you can still go yeah, to the rink and flops in Texas or in Arizona or in Florida or in Nashville. With no state yeah. tax. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, any surprise Koskinen couldn't wait uh, to go over, <laughs> play uh, sign in Switzerland, guys?
2: No. I think – It's it's interesting that he chose Switzerland, right? Well, I guess the KHL's out as an option, right, for guys. So yeah,
1: I don't think I don't think he can do that.
2: That's actually interesting for the other leagues. Where where are we with EJ? Can't get in touch with
1: him. All All right, right.
2: this is good because we had time to do our coach talk.
0: We do, we do. Um, Okay, Sammy. uh, My tweet yesterday. He's pulling it up right now. Kipper. Yeah, pull it up and read it. Before yeah.
2: you do that, can I just ask you about Bobrovsky's bench, and what's is Andrew Burnett, like? You mentioned Samuelson. Is does that mean Burnett's still there?
0: I would imagine that they would not have made uh, that announcement, or you know, let those two guys leave and and leave Andrew hanging, and then get rid of him later. I would have. Right. I would have thought they would have done it with one swoop. So I do believe that right now there's every suggestion is to say that Andrew Burnett's safe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. But it's, it is, it's nuts out there. It, it, you know, you got owners, you got uh, presidents and general managers trying to manage them. and we would have thought that Bruce Cassidy after all that time would have been safe. And uh, yet here we are uh, talking about him looking for a new job.
2: You know, the only place I heard that uh, Bruce Cassidy could potentially get fired was uh, was this show, Nick. You you, you <laughs> had a little scoop on that weeks yeah. before, hey?
0: Yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was a from from what I gathered, there was a lot of talk about uh, Boston uh, feeling like they needed to make a move behind the bench.
2: Well, and what's the you know he has had such success there over the years. I am curious to know if this is like a little bit of Sweeney being like, boy, I got to do something here. Cause the guys I brought in not particularly effective, like, you know, Nick Fellino deal did not work out all that well. Uh, I don't know that Derek for was a slam dunk home run. Taylor Hall has been okay, but uh, you know, the next, the next yep. thing, scrutiny has got to be on Sweeney, right?
0: Well, where's Patrice in all yeah. of this? So if Patrice magically signs for next season, do we assume that uh, the reason why he was apprehensive was because he needed to see who's going to be behind the bench next year?
2: Fair. Well, and aren't we hearing that about Pasternak? You know that Pasternak didn't want to be there if Sweeney was around or something like. Isn't there some drama playing out there too?
0: I don't have any knowledge of, of that.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, he he apparently, you know, the the report was that he saw how uh, Krejci, how it went down with Krejci. Didn't like it. I don't know. And then liked Cassidy a lot, I think. Anyway. So, got to love it as a Leafs fan. Boston's in turmoil.
0: All right, let's stick to the coaching theme. Sammy?
1: Yeah, turmoil and drama in Boston is something that is absolute music to my ears. (laughs) <laughs> it just feels like they've been, not you know, just like kind of a hunky dory situation for the last five or six years, where they've just been good, good coach, good players. They're just, they went to the final against the Blues. They're just one of those teams that's always seems to be solid, and now there's yeah. turmoil. Absolutely loving it. So they just wanted to get that in there. Uh, so here's your here's your tweet, Kipper. Uh at real Kipper, if you want to follow him. He's already got, you know, half a million. I don't know if he needs any more, but it doesn't appear like any contracts have start any contract talks have started yet with the Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. I'm told multiple NHL teams are monitoring the situation with Jay and Edmonton as a handful of NHL teams continue their wait and see coaching search. Interesting. Hmm.
2: So how many we...
0: how many teams need coaches right now? A lot of uh, Nine? Austin. I think
2: it's nine is the answer.
0: Are we up to nine?
2: I think so. I think I wrote. Oh that my god. Yeah.
0: I mean we'd have to That is political. unbelievable.
2: And if not, I think it, nine was like um uncertainty. You know, you count yes. Florida in that group yes. and Edmonton in that group and
0: Yeah, you know, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So I'm we are now looking at a scenario where and you know it was well documented. Uh, that that Jay Woodcroft, Dave Manson needed new contracts. They were on expiring contracts, and uh, the thought was that uh, it, they were going to leave it alone. Ken wanted to leave it alone, and uh, and take it to the end of the year and just see where it went, and then uh, the moment the season was over, then they'd address it. But they got out. They got knocked out last week. And here we are a week later. To me, this is the biggest surprise that a week later, it has not been addressed as of yet. And I'm, I'm watching a guy take a, an organization to a conference final for the first time. What guys in close to 30 years?
2: You know what though? If I'm Jay Woodcroft and I'm and you're telling me I'm not priority enough to have signed by now, well, I'll get I'll get back to you. There's nine coaching openings. I'm going to see who else has interest. I'm going to see what my highest offer is. And I'll get back to you and let you know what our starting point is after I hear from the rest of the league. Right.
0: Yeah. And I, and like, you know, I, we have sources or we have people on the inside. I had one team call me up and ask me, and you know, do you know what's going on there at all in, in Edmonton with, with Woodcroft. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I basically got that, uh, teams are monitoring the situation. And, uh, Certainly we know that he wouldn't have any trouble at the very least interviewing for many of these teams. So I, I would imagine that there'd be a, like a, a no-brainer meeting to say we need to bring this guy back, but it, it is kind of strange. I, I do believe that they're going to sign him. They're going to make an offer to him. It'll be a, a good offer or a decent offer, you, you would think. And this will be a non-issue, but I just, I just find it strange that a week later they haven't even started. Much like the Campbell scenario, would you have thought so, at any point in the season Jack Campbell wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have had any negotiations after being knocked out in the first round? What are we now? Three weeks? A month? No offer for him either? It's kind of strange, guys. There's a
1: is, so, there, is there messaging behind that? Well, let me ask you kip and and Borney too like where does he rank on the free agent coaches woodcroft because like right. we've talked about this before but the names out there right now are just nuts like i'm just looking through a list of guys that are available i'm looking it's like elaine vignon mike babcock dave Tippett john tortorella paul maurice jim Montgomery david quinn rick Tockett potentially rick bonus joel quenville jeff blashell like Travis Green, the list goes on. Claude Julien, the list goes on and on here. Pete DeBoer, like Mike where does he rank trot, among Joel those Clinton, guys?
2: Lashell, Maurice, Vigneault, Julian, Cassie yeah. Tippett, Tockett, Green. Like it's yeah, there's 15 good NHL head coaches, nine jobs. Okay. If I'm
1: a and team, if I'm a team, I'm interested in the new school guy with Woodcroft because well, he really seems to be a good communicator. I get that part of it, but. There's some experience out there if you're a yeah. team that's looking to... like Trotz is still out there.
0: Yeah. Experienced or some say uh, recycled, <laughs> reaged. Yeah. yeah,
2: for sure. It's a tough time to get in as a head coach, which is interesting because there's never been more coaching jobs available. You know, it's ironic. There's just such big names.
0: What's the, the most interesting thing in all of this is this wait and see approach like where is the first domino to fall everybody had it Barry Trotz at the top of the list and this guy would have no problem finding a job and that that still may be the case which means that he's just non-committed non-committal right now
2: it's hilarious, by the way, that Bruce Boudreaux was like, yeah, yeah, I'll take that second year. I'll take the option here. The option, yeah, how much is that? A million bucks? Okay, great. Like, there's just so many guys out there trying to get back in right now. It would be impossible. Uh, I do not blame him for just not grinding for take the more money. here. Yeah, take the money, take the coaching job. Uh, there may be some jobs that open up as they do every year in what, late November? Yeah. But other than that, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, but, uh It's an incredible number in terms of uh, opportunities there. And uh, the one thing that I keep reminding people for the owners is that they're not under a salary cap. They can make that headache go away at any price, as the Leafs Mm -hmm. showed with Babcock and um, some of these other high-paid guys, Lou Lamorello with with Barry Mm Trotz. It's like once once the owners feel like – They can do what they've done the majority of their professional lives and that's make you know, headaches go away by stroking a check. It's easy. It's it's the ones that you you've got the handcuffs on, like Morazic here in Toronto. That's the one that drives (laughs) them nuts. But anyways, all right, we'll take a quick break. Uh fast block guys. Mm -hmm. Really flat fast block.
2: Lots of content. All right, we'll take
0: we are. We'll come back and wrap up the show. We'll get into a little bit of maybe uh, what to expect uh, in the Stanley Cup final. Are these two teams deserving, obviously. What does that mean moving forward? You're listening to Real Kipper and Born show number 175. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on
1: Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. No Kipper and Bourne. You guys mentioned Sorelli uh, for Tampa Bay earlier on in the show. I, I I look at this Stanley Cup final, and I think the the one guy that uh, Colorado had to counter an Anthony Sorelli is Naz Kadri. Doesn't yeah. appear like he's going to be clear to, to play game one I don't know what that means for the rest of the series he's skating which is great just can't grab a stick
2: that's a fairly significant thing uh, to, to need to be able to do as a centerman in the NHL uh, no Kadri, no Sammy Gerrard. It, it is a little bit of a bummer for Colorado that they're not at max capacity as they head into the series. of Tampa, who appears to be getting Braden Point back, uh, May also maybe not in Game 1, but it is extremely probable, end quotes, that he will play in the Cup Final for Tampa Bay. Huge, huge news for them.
0: Which makes you wonder, and I questioned it at times watching those uh, early games uh, two games against the New York Rangers is when does Braden Point not in the lineup catch up to Tampa but man oh man when you got great goaltending it can cover up a lot.
2: Well and they're so good defensively and, and the Rangers as you mentioned not exactly you know one of the league's preeminent dominant teams but I wrote an article like can Tampa Bay score enough to win like they're not a team that scores a ton of goals and after I wrote that article they only scored three, three, and two goals uh, over the next three games, and they won every one of them, (laughs) you know, because they just lock it down going the other way. So that's the question. Like when I think of the avalanche, I think of a team that can score, but Florida could score, you know. So if if Tampa can shut down the offense or at least slow down the offense of Colorado – Holy smokes! It's going to be you know Eric Johnson and Jack Johnson trying to you know and Manson trying to stop the Tampa Bay Lightning before they get to Darcy Kemper in his one eye. Boys, I'm one, all, I'm all over Tampa this series. The
0: the one yeah. thing, the the one thing about low scoring Tampa games is it, it it helps when one of those goals is coming from Pat Maroon, doesn't it? Right. If you can just stretch it out a little bit if you have that ability to kind of be that threat from your first to your fourth line still changes things.
2: Well I mean he, he he did that for he's done it for years obviously getting the random goals but In this playoffs alone, his goals have been meaningful, well-timed goals that have made a huge difference. We know with St. Louis, he scored an overtime winner to put them past Dallas in Game 7. Like, he has this knack for just kind of doing the right things. I got to tell you, you may not love everything Pat Maroon does, but I can't remember the last time we came on our show and said, Boy, that Maroon turnover. Hey, boys. Can't believe he hung on to it for so long. Can't believe that pass. was He just puts it in. He just does it the way the coach asks him to. What a delight that must be for John Cooper. I
1: I hate to be the lightning show here, but I'm with you, Bornie. I just think that it comes down to what how the Lightning can limit chances and I've seen them do it against three high I mean the Leafs were a high powered offense, right? Like you think about their offense and they beat them in seven games. They beat the the Cass uh Rangers I wouldn't say it's more of it's a bit of a different matchup but I think you can maybe compare the Leafs to the Avalanche they're kind of a dollar store version of the Avalanche I guess you could say in terms of shutting them down I just I the goaltending matchup is too much of a mismatch and even if they get is it even if they get the first couple the Avalanche you're still not confident that they're going to be able to outlast this lightning team they won't go away I'm looking at I'm looking at some lines here for correct series score so on a site that I, I won't name, but the Lightning to win the series in six is plus five seventy-five, and the Lightning to win in seven as well is plus five seventy-five. I like either of those bets a lot. I, I just mm-hmm. think that the I think the, the Avalanche will get a couple games, but at the end of the day, the goaltending is just too big of a difference for me, and I'm going with the Lightning to win it.
2: Could Franzose? Could he get hot? Could we be sitting here going, boys? Is, is Kemper not starting? Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they won't say. I think, I think he's he... good
0: to go. I think he's good to go.
2: Okay, so Kemper's going to be the guy, and we've seen how that's gone with, you know, he literally pulled himself for what we presume to be a lack of vision. You know, maybe his vision is better, and he's fine. And Okay, so could we be sitting here in a week and being like, Darcy Kemper was unbelievable. This guy had a great regular season. When he's good, he's been very good. Uh, that to me is the only way that the Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup is if Darcy Kemper is a nine forty save percentage or a nine thirty plus. We'll say nine thirty will be my number. They can win the cup if he's that good.
0: I just don't see. You it. know what? You know what else <laughs> is on the line here is is whether or not, and we've we've heard all along that the league's a it's a copycat league. Other teams will always follow champions. Are they big and tough and heavy? Are they fast and quick? But Kemper versus Vasilevsky is also the philosophy of of a one and one A versus a legitimate star goalie, right? It's mm-hmm. it's are you better off trying to develop and find your star goalie or can you find a split can you so find a 1-1-a and they share 40 games and they and you only pay them half of what you do legitimate number ones
2: so here's my uh two cents on this so there's 16 teams make the playoffs here's how many how many goalies do you think have played in the postseason i won't even make you answer it i'll answer it for you 30 30 goaltenders have played in the, this I was NHL say 25 pretty good. In this NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, 30 out of 6 in their 16 teams, three teams have played one goaltender. Those three teams are Dallas, Jake Ottinger got you, you know was, was very good for them. Uh Florida who saw Bobrovsky play every game and lose just get swept by Tampa and yeah. Tampa. Three yeah. teams had a goalie play every single game. So if Vasilevsky wins I don't know that it's an argument For having a just a guy and, and no real B option It's just that to me it makes the point That Vasilevsky is an absolute freak
0: That I will 100% agree with That he is just He is now in the argument As uh, one of the greatest goaltenders Money goaltenders in the history of the game And it just seems 100%. like he's still Warming up
1: here So Quickly, can I ask you guys a question quickly before we go? You know, the Bolts have been continually, and Cooper has been continually talking about this sort of house money factor, that they could have quit, they could have quit. Does that flip now? Now that they've actually made the final and they have the chance at the history, does the pressure kind of flip back to them, or are they still in the house money situation? Love that question. I don't know. I think
0: it's just an internal thing right now. They... All of what you speak of, Sammy, is external to me—noise. Yeah, yeah. Noise. So they—they—they they, they they, they, they expect to win. They just expect to win. So that's, if it were the Leafs, the I pressure. would say
2: the pressure would be too much. But this Tampa Bay team has really found, proven that they have the mental fortitude to deal with those sort of things.
0: And, yeah. And Coop. Last thing, Coop just quick, has the uh, right quick, temperament, eh?
2: Yeah, he does.
1: Oh yeah. Last What's thing, more? quick golf we, yeah, note. Wrote up. R- Quick R- Rory McElroy today, last week in Canada, Liv will never have that. Last week meant something. What, we're do- what Sand, they're doing over there meant nothing. Save it
2: for your golf show. I love it. He's on a warpath.
0: <laughs> Don't bring that cheese on the real Kipper and
2: Borg. <laughs> I love it.
0: All right? Bring save it. it for your Saturday show. <laughs> All right. Hey, no Kipper Clippers, no guest, just the three of us. How good was that? Love it. How
2: intimate. Really enjoyed it. Good All catching right. up. And
0: if you if you enjoyed it, give us a rating and review uh, on your podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're back tomorrow.